0: to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Great to be with you tonight. Uh, Man, so much to get into. I have to tell you that this whole week um, with this Chinese balloon, I have to tell you that, uh, man, I really miss Rush Limbaugh. Can you imagine what fun Rush Limbaugh would have had with this whole Chinese balloon scandal, as I'm calling it, Chinese balloon mania? Uh, Wow, how crazy. And not to oversimplify things, but, uh, you know, from what we know, this Chinese balloon actually was spotted by our military as it was crossing uh, into Alaska from China. And so the idea that this thing just accidentally floated here from China is beyond ridiculous. And now that we've shot down the Chinese balloon and man, there are some hilarious, absolutely hilarious memes online right now about the Chinese balloon. I think my favorite is the balloon that's connected to the, uh, the box box that the container that you get Chinese food in somebody's got a, a balloon with a string attached to, to one of those uh, Chinese food containers and that's their, uh, their meme. And that one's going crazy millions of shares, but uh, yeah, just, just crazy stories, including um, in the Southern States uh, authorities, warning people not to go out in their yards with their shotguns and rifles, trying to shoot this thing down, which would have been ridiculous anyway. Right. Because if you understand what the deal is, this thing is that like, 65,000 feet, which I don't know where the edge of space is, but that's pretty darn close to the edge of space. And uh, I did some reading this week about these, you know, so called spy balloons. And apparently they've been around for decades. And as low tech as it might seem, you know, like a hot air balloon, these things are present day pretty high tech. And because they're not uh, a plane, so they're not a jet. They don't necessarily pick up too easily um, on radar. They're hard to shoot down because there's no heat uh, being generated, you know, by the balloon. Uh, so it's an interesting kind of low-tech, high-tech uh, type of you know method of spying. I'm not sure if um, the Chinese really thought they were going to get away with it, or if this was just some kind of a test to see what our reaction time was. Which was obviously, if that was a test, uh, we failed that uh, big time. That's what I had posted on my Facebook. Uh, the Chinese test of Biden's reaction time uh, did not go well for us. Uh, but in any case, uh, man, what a, what a crazy time that we're living in, right? Uh, the Chinese sending over these balloons, and one of the things I was thinking about while well, all this was going on, and now the Chinese are threatening, um, you know, retaliation because we shot the balloon down once it went off coast uh, into the Atlantic, off of the coast of. I believe it was South Carolina is where they shot this thing down. Um, The Chinese are threatening retaliation. But one of the things I thought about was, you know what, in my entire lifetime. So I was born in 1965, which was during the Vietnamese War, uh, the Vietnam War. So, um, you know, I was born at a time of war, but I never really experienced it because I was so young. And so really people born in the 60s and a little bit later, Uh, We really haven't seen too much war and we haven't seen a world war or anything, you know, you know, superpowers, um, you know, clashing or anything like that. And I just thought to myself, you know, um, what would uh, you know, what would our culture do in a world war? Um, Just like, you know, you think about World War Two, you think about young men volunteering, not having to be drafted, but volunteering to go into war. You think about factories retooling to be able to make. Uh, weapons um, and and people buying war bonds and um, the metal used for weaponry was being rationed, so a lot of products weren't available. Would our country rise, uh, you know, to the challenge if we did have a war with China or with Russia? Uh, but it just seems like every day there's something going on between us and Russia, or now us and China. And it seems like, you know, it's possible. I mean, uh, I'm 58 years old and I mean, typically you don't have periods of more than, say, 40 or 50 years without some type of a major uh, conflict. And I hate to say it, but it almost seems like not only has enough time passed that probably the time might be for another big major war. uh, But there's also sort of the conditions are right uh, for that when you think about it, when you look at. Uh, sort of the growing tensions with China, the growing tensions with Russia. And, you know, I've heard the arguments that, uh, look, everybody's got nukes now, so there's no risk because nobody's going to be stupid enough to, uh, you know, fire a nuke and then have retaliation. Uh, I don't know what that war would look like. I mean, could we have a conventional war where everybody agrees not to fire nukes? Not sure that that would work, right? Because if someone started losing, they probably would fire nukes. Um, It's a scary time in in which we live. And of course, science fiction, uh, you know, is is just rife with all of the scenarios of the end of the world with with nukes. Uh, And and every day it just seems like we're kind of inching closer and closer to a major conflict with either Russia or China or maybe both. Well, this week I had a really great week. I had uh, two shows with. Uh, The big band that I play with, which is kind of unusual because normally um, when we do have a show, we might have one or two shows in a month over, you know, over the course of a month. But we had two shows, one on a Thursday night and then one on Saturday night. So it's like this same week we had two shows. It was really fun and kind of reminded me of back in the day, you know, being on the road as a musician, which is what I did when I was younger. And it was, um, you know, it was it was fun. It's like, okay, here's the new venue. Let's get the horns out. Let's get ready to play again. Uh, So I had a great time. Um, The fundraiser we did on Thursday night went to uh, a home for uh, women. It helps them to um, get support uh, and and financial help to avoid abortion. That was on Thursday night. And then on Saturday night, we did a fundraiser for a local school uh, here in Ormond Beach. So a lot of fun. Uh, And Saturday night was great because it's like an Italian-themed night, and they have all this wonderful homemade Italian food that they serve. Uh, So that was fantastic. Um, All right. Um, I'm going to make an announcement here. Nobody knows this yet. I haven't told anybody, Uh, but uh, I'm planning to go back on the radio and uh, I'm working out the details of a show that will not be this show, but I'm planning to put together what will be like a strictly financial show. And um, in the beginning, it might be just like, you know, uh, money, like a money minute, like a one minute kind of a thing. And then I'll be, you know, putting this on Christian radio around the country. And, you know, at some point it'll be uh, a 30 minute show and probably be on Saturdays. And then maybe it'll expand to a one hour show. So a lot of people don't know that I used to have I had multiple nationally syndicated radio shows, multiple nationally syndicated uh, TV shows, so um, I, I've gotten away from uh, buying time and and getting sponsors and all those things that you do when you're on regular, uh, you know, media. Uh, but I'm I'm going to go back to regular radio soon and uh, putting together some details on that. So stay stay tuned for that. That will not replace this podcast, this broadcast that I do for the internet. It'll be a different kind of a flavor. Of a show. So on Friday night, I had a really wonderful time. My good friend Robert invited me like, I don't know, six weeks ago. He said, Hey, Jim, there is a man up event in Palm Coast, and I had no idea what it meant, but I, and he said he wanted to take me as his guest. So he pays for me to go to this thing. And uh, I had no idea what it was. So we get there around four o'clock, and there is, axe throwing there is a a paintball uh, uh uh shooting range set up all kinds of fun stuff for men they serve us a steak dinner i mean this is incredible then we go into the main uh building there's probably a thousand men there right and uh we have this tremendous speaker someone that i'm not familiar with at all and i you know never heard of this guy and his name is vince miller and man, was he a tremendous speaker. He spoke for two hours about, uh, two hours, just kind of talking about men's issues. And then he shared that he has this app. So you can go onto your app store and type in Vince Miller. And he has this app called the Daily Devo. And it's really cool because you can put this app on your phone. And every day there's like, you know, a three or four minute devotional for men every single day and you can get it right on your phone so if you're somebody that's busy and maybe you don't have time you know to crack your Bible open every morning like we all should do uh, but many times we don't cuz we're busy this is a really cool idea and it's one that really clicked with me cuz I started watching these uh, right away you know I, I got home I put the app on my phone on Friday night I watched one I watched one yesterday Um, And and they're really great because they're short and and they're Bible based and they're just really good information. Um, And this guy, Vince Miller, I bought one of his books. I started reading it. And uh, there's what I love about what this event was all about is there are a lot of issues for Christian men um, that that are not necessarily addressed in the Sunday morning uh, sermons that you have at church. Things that men in particular struggle with. And, um, you know, it's a time, I think, in our society when men are really struggling to find an identity. Uh, you know, it's no longer that the man is the the breadwinner. In some homes, it's the woman that's the breadwinner or both are the breadwinner. Um, there's a lot of things going on, you know, with, with raising kids and how do we keep... Our kids safe and their minds clean with all of this uh, stuff going on in social media. Um, it's a different world as far as, you know, making a living and a, the challenge of the economy. And uh, there's so much temptation for men with online pornography. Uh, marriages are, are falling apart. Uh, divorce rates are increasing. So there's a lot of things that need men need to hear and, and need to be encouraged and lifted up about. And I just love this event. I, I don't know how soon it is to sign up for next year, but, uh, let's say the tickets go on sale tomorrow for next year. I'm going to be buying my ticket. It was really great. And, uh, I loved hearing Vince Miller. Uh, all right. So talking about social media, there is this, uh, this move afoot to ban TikTok. Now, I don't really know if the United States could just ban an app nationwide. I'm not sure. I think it's probably possible. I I don't know, but I do know that it's being banned on government devices, uh, federal government devices, state government devices. A lot of colleges are banning the app on their devices. But uh, there's a lot of people pushing for just an entire ban of TikTok. And the thinking behind this ban is that the Chinese, uh, which TikTok is based in China, and the idea is that the app could infiltrate your phone and actually be used as sort of a backdoor to get into your phone. Uh, I don't know. It, It sounds like it could be possible that that could happen. Uh, but there is a big push to ban TikTok. I have a TikTok account. I haven't used it very much. Um, but one of the things that is interesting in uh, in, in one of the, the industries that I work in, uh, as a lot of you know, I'm back in the mortgage business. And one of the things that I'm hearing a lot is that people in my industry, mortgages, real estate, financial people are using TikTok to be able to reach the masses. I, I have not used it that way yet. I do a lot of short videos and I post them mostly on Facebook, but I've thought about it. I've thought about making some videos, putting them up on TikTok. I don't know. I've got mixed feelings about it. I I'm on the one hand, I'm not comfortable with the idea of the government just stepping in and banning a social media app. But on the other hand, I mean, when you look at this Chinese balloon, and all the things the Chinese are up to. I mean, maybe there is a good argument to be made. And if maybe if I was smarter about technology and computers and apps and all of that, I would be more convinced that it would make sense to ban TikTok in the United States. But uh, I'm curious as a listener, I'd love to hear from you guys. Um, email me, jim at christianmoney.com, and let me know if you are using TikTok. And if you're using it at all, you know, for business, all I hear about TikTok is people can make funny videos. You can make yourself look like Spider-Man. You can do dance videos, things like this. But then again, uh, you know, I'm hearing within the business community that it is a great tool for getting new clients in, uh, you know, the financial niche, whether it's financial planners or mortgage people or real estate people. I'm hearing that this is kind of the new way of getting clients. So I've got mixed feelings on it. I'm uh, curious what you think. Uh, Reach out. Let me know if you're using TikTok, if how you're using it. Are you using it in business? Are you using it in ministry? And uh, what are your thoughts about it being banned? All right. So talking about mortgages just a little bit. And I think I may have mentioned this um, briefly on last week's show, but I wanted to get into it a little bit more this week because it was interesting. I have had several people, and I'm telling you, uh, online and even friends um, up at the coffee shop where I spend time uh, come up to me and say, man, Jim, uh, you must really be struggling in the mortgage business because rates keep going up and the Fed just raised rates again. So, man, that must really be killing you. And then I'll say to them, well, actually... Mortgage rates are coming down. And this one gentleman in particular up at the coffee shop, he said, well, I have a degree in economics. I'm watching the news and I'm seeing that rates are going up. How how are you saying rates are coming down? And I I said, sit down, let me explain this to you. So he sat down at my table and I explained to him that the rate that they talk about in the news is the Fed funds rate, which is a very short term interest rates that banks loan money to each other at, and also that's money they can borrow from the Fed for very short periods of time. They call it the overnight lending rate. So that's the most extreme short-term rate. But then on the other extreme, you have these long-term government bonds, like the the 30-year government bond. Well, mortgage rates track the 10-year bond. So if you take a look at a chart, what you'll see is starting in November, about November the 10th, uh, mortgage rates hit that, uh, you know, this high point of just a little bit over seven percent and they've been trending down and now they're close to six percent. And depending on uh, the mortgage product, uh, how much money down you have, what your credit score is, uh, some people are getting in the fives right now. So it is counterintuitive. People are thinking, well, the Fed funds rate is going up. So mortgage rates must be going up and people are making decisions. They're deciding not to buy a house. They're deciding not to refinance. They're deciding not to buy an investment property. So I just throw this out to you to say, hey, if you want to know what your rate would be, if you wanted to buy something or refinance something or move forward on a real estate deal, just reach out to me. I I don't charge anything to kind of work up a scenario and let people know what is possible. And, uh, you can get in touch with me, you know, just, uh, go to my Facebook page, James L Paris, send me a private message, or you can send me an email to Jim at Christian and reach out to me and uh, I'll get in touch. We could have a short phone call and I could work up some numbers for you, but there is this kind of massive misunderstanding that, that mortgage rates are presently going up when they're actually going down and they have been going down since the first week of November. Well, I thought this story was interesting and, I don't know, maybe a little bit scary at the same time. Uh, fully autonomous planes are apparently ready uh, to start flying. So how would you feel about getting on a plane where there was no pilot, where the plane was was actually a computer? Now, the argument is made that a computer might be more accurate uh, might be, you know, safer, might be more intelligent than a pilot, might have better skills than a pilot. I don't know. I mean, anytime I've had a computer problem, I could always turn the computer off, <laughs> turn it back on, call one of my friends that are really smart with computers. Not sure what you do when you're at, you know, 30,000 feet and there's a problem with the computer on the plane, uh, you can't just like shut everything down and, and pull off to the side of the road. And, and we're having the same argument right now, too, about these self-driving cars, which are supposedly foolproof and safe and are going to be better drivers than a human being. But yet you hear about these accidents. You hear about these Teslas going over cliffs and uh, getting into fiery crashes. I don't know. I, I'm personally a little bit old school. Uh, maybe, you know, uh, the good answer is both. You have a pilot. That can override the computer and the computer flies the plane, which is, I think, what's happening right now. I I think the planes are being largely, um, you know, piloted by computer. And then there's also a pilot in the cockpit uh, that can take over uh, at critical points. So so that's kind of more where my vote is. All right. Getting back to the topic of social media, uh, there's a, a, a bill that has been introduced in Congress that would ban kids under the age of 16 from being on social media so the idea would be once you're old enough to get a driver's license then you could go on social media i'm not really sure how you put the horses back in the barn i mean we have a generation of kids that has grown up on social media i i just don't know how you take that away from the 8 9 10 year old 11 year old 12 year old i don't know how you could take away uh, the social media from them. But I, I do think that uh, the Internet has largely been a negative influence on younger kids, whether it is um, access to online pornography or violence that they're seeing online, the cyberbullying that goes on on social media, the predators that are using social media, to be able to uh, corrupt and to lure young people uh, into situations um, where they're vulnerable. I think largely I would say that the Internet has been a negative influence on younger people. I don't know that passing a law is the answer. I I tend to think this is more about mom and dad deciding what age that kids should be allowed to be on social media. And, uh, you know, some people said, well, what can I do? They've, they've got the iPhone. They're going to be able to go on their iPhone and do whatever. Well, I, you know, I, I think you could still give a kid a flip phone. They don't have to have an iPhone. Um, you know, give them a flip phone and, and maybe that's an answer to keep them off social media. But, uh, if you do have kids on social media, I think it is at least smart at a minimum uh, for younger kids, that you monitor them, that you lim- put limits on it as far as how much time they can be on there and what they can be doing on there, and that you have a way uh, to keep track of what they're doing. Well, there is this growing buzz online, and I started hearing about this about two months ago, but it's been around longer than that. It is this artificial intelligence site called Chat GPT, and if you just do a Google search on it, chat GPT I'm putting it into my my Google search and I think uh yeah so um there Bill Gates has uh come out and commented about chat GP uh GPT and I think he also is investing in it is is one of the articles that I had read but what this is it is it is a platform that is free that you can go to a lot of times when you go there, it's like overcapacity. You can't get in because everybody's trying to go there. And it's it's an artificial intelligence site where you can go to this, this computer thing. It's artificial intelligence, and you can ask it questions. You can ask it to write an article for you. Um, you can ask it to write a social media post for you. And I've played around with this thing, and it's pretty amazing. And they're predicting that this type of artificial intelligence – may in fact put uh, writers out of a job. Um, It may put uh, stock traders out of a job. Uh, They're talking about this artificial intelligence being able to replace a lot of uh, things that humans do and to be able to do it better. And obviously, you know, as a writer myself, um, I've, I've looked at this thing and I've played around with it and I've actually put some ideas in and said, hey, write an article about this. And it took a lot of cleaning up and editing, but it actually did a pretty decent job of kind of uh, putting out a first draft for me uh, on an article. I didn't ever publish that article, but I just thought just as a fun test to see uh, what was possible. But uh, yeah, this this is a thing now, this chat GPT, and apparently um, there's billions of dollars being invested into this. It's, it's such a big deal that actually colleges are now banning the use of it because kids are using this to cheat supposedly in writing term papers and essays and those kinds of things. So uh, the chat GPT is, is kind of a new thing and and uh, creating a lot of controversy. And I'm not really sure what the best answer is, is for colleges to ban people from using the chat GPT or maybe the smarter move is to say, hey, Use the chat GPT and uh, see what you can do with it. I mean, maybe embracing these technologies and kind of challenging kids to learn how to use them is maybe uh, the better chess move than to try to ban them from using them. Uh, So Elon Musk uh, has just said uh, on Friday that Twitter is now close to break even after uh, when he got it, he says it was near bankruptcy. And uh, I personally have been getting a little bit more traction on Twitter. I haven't honestly been doing a ton with Twitter. Uh, this show gets posted on Twitter. I'll post a little bit on Twitter here and there. I just haven't made a huge time commitment to it. But it is interesting to see um, how this this one change that Musk made, which is that this eight dollars a month to get the blue check mark, and it might be a new trend. I mean, you might see this now. Uh, A lot of the other social media platforms looking at this and saying, hey, uh, look, would people pay five bucks a month for their Facebook account if they got some extra benefits? I think they would. I I think you would have uh, probably uh, people paying a little bit of money, five, ten bucks a month if they somehow had more visibility or more of, uh, you know, more features and tools on their Facebook page, especially if you're using Facebook for business. I know I use it to promote my mortgage business. So if you're somebody that is using Facebook uh, in business, uh, I've spent thousands of dollars on Facebook ads. I think a lot of people would be willing to spend a tiny amount of money uh, to have sort of an upgraded Facebook. Um, it seems to be the key to Twitter turning profitable. And then we'll close it out with this um, this week. Uh, I, I thought this was I don't know if this is true or not. You, you hear stories, right? So a friend of mine, he and I started talking about poker and playing poker. And I'm not, I don't really know how to play poker very well. I've played a few times just like with family. And uh, my grandfather was a huge poker player. And he taught me a little bit about how to play. And I've played like with some apps on my computer just for fun. If I was on a flight and I was bored, I'll play solitaire, I'll play poker. But apparently there is a new thing that people are actually playing online poker as a business, as, as income. And uh, a friend of mine tells me that he has a neighbor who um, it has a real limited income during retirement and apparently makes his living, uh, supple- he supplements his retirement income. He says it makes the guy's mortgage payment every month playing poker online. And I thought, wow, could could that be true? Is that is that a thing? I I don't know. Um, I'm always fascinated to hear about these kind of odd things that people do uh, to make money. Uh, (laughs) So speaking of gambling, I was just looking at this, uh, that uh, what is it? The Powerball uh, is up to like eight hundred million again. That's speaking of gambling. uh, Everybody's in line up at the grocery store buying the Powerball tickets. But uh, is that a thing? Uh, I'm curious. Uh, Email me. Let me know if that, I mean, have you ever heard of this, that people are actually playing poker online uh, to make money, that that's something they're doing to actually earn an income? Uh, Crazy crazy, uh, things that you hear. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. That's another one, uh, in the can. I mean, who knows what's going to happen this week? Uh, uh, maybe another Chinese attack balloon, (laughs) who knows crazy times that we're living in. Thanks so much for joining us. And remember as always, if it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris live. God bless. We'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody.